Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. We have a legend in the house today with us, guys. I'm really excited for this one. Based in the California Fresno area, went from, I believe, corporate, right? And then you ended up, within just one year, went from you know $0 to six figures, all with Airbnb. And the power behind it, you know, talking about arbitrage, but also uh, co-hosting, basically being, you know, partnering up with other real estate investors that have Airbnbs actively that, you know, you can, you can swoop in and co-host managing with the other investors. Really just super exciting times right now. We personally have Airbnbs of our own as well. And it's been a blessing, like a total blessing and something that has brought in several six figures when the systems are in place, I, I think it's very important to say when the systems are in place, it can be very hands-off and a great source of income. So that's, that's Kyle, that's what's up, my friend? How are you today, brother? What's up, Brandon? Thanks for having me, man. And that's the key. So many times I hear people saying, you know, oh, Airbnb is great, but you know, you, there's just too much work. And yeah. I always ask them, well, how many people on your team? And what what's a team? <laughs> you know, you what, gotta, what do you mean? Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. So I'm excited to talk a little shop today on Airbnb. Yeah, heck yeah. I love it. Well, cool, man. Anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, a little bit more about your story and, and how you got to where you're at today, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view of who you are, what you're up to? Yeah. I mean, so long story short, where we are today is I have an Airbnb management company where essentially we are for about 90% of our portfolio using other people's properties to create amazing income on the Airbnb platform, short-term rentals platform, and did not see myself ever being here. Didn't know I was ever going to be here. Very 30,000 foot overview is I was a struggling wantapreneur for many years out of college. I was a sports anchor right out of college, thought I was going to be the next, you know, play-by-play guy for the Chicago Cubs and huge Cubs fan. But, you know, then I found out that I didn't like taking orders from people and and (laughs) I decided to start my own business, didn't have the roadmap, didn't have the mentorship in really anything that I did in business. I did get into an MLM and and that was great for self-development, but even that was really difficult to have hey, here's the actual roadmap to success. There was a lot of theory behind it. There was a lot of things had to catch fire, whereas with Airbnb and real estate for that matter, because I got into real estate about three or four months before I truly dedicated myself to Airbnb, I saw a roadmap. If you do this, this is what will happen. And, yeah. and there was math behind it. There was systems behind it. There was formulas behind it. And and I'm more about that than I am the emotion of things. So. I saw that and I said, well, let's do this thing. And so when I found out that you could do Airbnb without actually owning the property, as many of you know, the sexy term is arbitrage. You lease from an owner, sublease it on Airbnb. That's what got my foot in the door and the light bulb in my head to say, you know, if this is possible, if I can actually do that, man, eliminate six figures of investment of having to own a property and get in at 10, 15, $20,000 
per property that I don't own and I don't have the mortgage and I don't have all the headaches that come with the property. That's when I was like, okay, this is a scalable business. All I need to do is find the roadmap, went and bought a course and the rest is history. Dude, I love it. That's so, so powerful. Talk to me about, you know, after what that looked like, you know, where you got the education, why, why even Airbnb in general? Like what was so attractive to to you? Um, yeah, well, down that path? I had just flipped a house and so I got into real estate January, 2019. Okay. Flipped a house. And that was what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a flipper. I thought I was going to be a wholesaler. And it was really exciting. Honestly, you know, I didn't make much of my first deal, but I was like, wow, that was the first time that I could like hire people to go do the work for me. I truly like saw the power of outsourcing by hiring a contractor and all I had to do was find a deal. And so I was hungry for the next deal, got the second deal. And my mentor was telling me, you need to hold on to this one as a rental. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm doing the numbers and I'm like, all right, $600 of cash flow. It had two units on one property. And I was like, $600 of cash flow. Like, man, this was really hard to find this deal. And like, that's the payoff. <clears throat> okay. You know, I'm kind of trying to wrap my mind around that. And versus like selling it for 50 grand and making a profit right away. I was like, all right, what, what else can I do with this house? And I had been doing Airbnb as a room out of my house for the last three years. That's all I ever saw of it was just, you know, kind of a couch surfing tool to help pay for the mortgage. I like it. And I was just like, you know, wonder what it would look like if I did this as a Airbnb, the actual properties in Airbnb. And I did some numbers, crunched some numbers. And I was like, I think I can 3X to 3.5X my money on this as a short-term rental compared to a long-term rental. Hmm. And my mentor was like, you're crazy. There's no way. He's like, but if it does work, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but keep me in the loop just in yeah, case. <laughs> exactly. So first month on Airbnb. And again, what I had done at this point was I went down that rabbit hole of like, okay, I think this is going to work, but let me start to do the research. And that's when I found this course on how to arbitrage and how to be able to actually set up systems and set up the listing and do guest communication and automate the majority of that. I found this course right about the time that I was done renovating this house. And so I was able to put that into play and I made about $1,800 the first month after expenses. And I was like, okay, this works. And so it was that proof of concept along with acceleration. Like acceleration is really the key thing here for me is $600 versus $1,800 to $2,000. I've found if I'm going to own the property, I could move it three to five times the speed and not have to wait until I'm 60 years old to have enough properties to retire myself. And then number two, I found out that you can do this without owning the property. And so again, like that was the big thing is just, okay, cool. All of my expenses almost completely gone, except for furnishing deposit and some consumables. So we're talking $15,000 to get into a property that could create a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars of cash flow every single month. I could make my money back in six yeah. months and have a cash flowing machine for years and years and years to come. As long as I treat that property with respect. Yeah. That's yeah. so good, man. I love it. I personally, I fell in love with the burst strategy originally and, you know, starting over in Ohio doing it, but finally having the education and the, the courage to do it out here with the, you know, million dollar properties. The only way to make it make sense is doing Airbnb. So that's, it kind of almost forced us to get in there, but it's been a huge ROI. It's been a huge reward at the end of the day. Let me ask Burbnb, that's what I call it. I've done three. Burbnb, baby. That's, <laughs> that's good. So what have you been able to accomplish in the last couple of years with Airbnb and arbitrage and 
just all the different things, just for some motivation for some of the some. Of the yeah, listeners. I mean, where we're at today, we're at 65 properties in three different markets. Again, coming up on year three in two weeks. So it, it yeah. hasn't been three full years yet. 65 properties in the month of December. That was our best month to date. We netted after expenses was about $65,000. And then after paying my employees, put about 40 to 45 in my pocket. And you know, this is coming from someone that back in 2019, like I thought it was literally the holy grail to figure out how to make six figures in a year. You know, yeah. like it, it just didn't seem possible for me. And then found the right vehicle, found the right roadmap, found, um, you know, just something that fit my strengths. And also, you know, there's a lot to be said about just working on yourself over a number of years. I think if I had found this opportunity when I was 25, it would have crashed and burned. But, you know, learning a little bit about how to run a business and what works, what doesn't work, leadership, working on yourself, being a person of influence, you know, these are all the things that you got to be able to adapt to if you really want to run a business, not just an Airbnb business, right? Like if I want to attract anyone into my company, they've got to see a vision and they've got to see that I bought in. And really, I just don't know that there's too many people that just naturally comes to. I think you've got to work on yourself before getting to that point of being you know, a natural influencer. That's so good. I love it. So talk to me, 65 properties, You know, is there a mixed match of that, of arbitrage and doing some co-hosting? Yeah. So I guess taking a step back for a second, we explain what arbitrage is. Co-hosting is managing the property, essentially. It's like a property manager, but in most states, you don't need a license. Definitely check with your state to make sure that you understand the rules. But I get to essentially tell a landlord, hey, I can help you make probably two to three times the amount of net income on this property that you would make compared to a regular rental. All you got to do is furnish it and you take full financial responsibility. I'm just going to manage it on Airbnb. And so as long as they're in for that, which, you know, in a lot of different areas, especially where I'm at, Fresno, Bass Lake, and Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona, there's tons of spread to be made. And so when you help one owner, you know, do this and you get a little bit of success with them, what are they going to do? They're going to go tell their friends. They're going to tell their, you know, their coworkers, they're going to tell their colleagues. And before I knew it, you know, my phone is ringing all the time. We've gotten to the point where we literally have just said, Hey, we're not taking on any more clients right now. And that's been the exciting part about it is I have never spent a dollar on marketing in this business. And that's tough to say in any real estate business. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, your results show the way, you know, that yeah. it paves the way and it's the marketing that you need. So I love it. So you're claimed to be the fearless investor, which I love because a lot of people, unfortunately, they get held back from fear, from ever even getting started and seeing what the possibilities are. But it's a little different with you, right? So let me hear, you know, what type of learning curves have you experienced that could, for the average person, just be a little fearful and maybe even fearful for you in, in certain timeframes as far as little horror stories along the process? I mean, you know, for, so first of all, fearless, it's a nice ring to it, right? But yeah, yeah. no such thing as being fearless. We all have a little bit of fear, but one of my favorite lines is fear will push you until vision pulls you. Um, yeah. And to me, we always have those moments where we're looking over our shoulder, you know, me being a, like I said, a struggling wantapreneur for nine years. You think I am always just looking straight ahead? No, there's times when I'm looking over my shoulder, especially this year, the first time I ever, ever had to actually, you know, feel the pain of writing a check for taxes. I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, <laughs> Am I going back into debt again? You know, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so there's there's those things that creep back up. But I think the important thing is 
And the biggest, I guess your question is really what's the biggest fear that people could have in this business or are you saying overall? Well, in this business or that possibly you experienced any learning curves that, you know, you kind of just like slap yourself in the forehead and you're like, I won't make that mistake again. Yeah. I mean, year one was horrible for us because while I had taken a course, this course was a self-paced course and I didn't really have a mentor who was telling me what to do, how to respond, which is why I've kind of created my education system around having more help, more hands-on, more mentorship because I didn't know how to like decipher who was going to be a good guest and who was going to be a bad guest. We were just <laughs> accepting anyone and their mom. Yeah. And, you know, the real true like horror stories that come up is getting calls from all those neighbors the night after or the day after and saying, hey, there was gunshots at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is, you know, you that's your biggest fear, right? Oh, my God, does someone die in the Airbnb? And it turns out that it was just celebratory shots in the air outside for someone's birthday, which, you know, still sucks. But, you know, I was able to learn from those experiences, right? And that's the biggest thing is if you go in thinking, well, what if this happens, then you're really not ready to give this thing a try because I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. Something is going to happen. You're going to have those situations where it's like, oh, crap, what do we do now? And that's what really has to happen. Like, it's funny. I get a lot of people saying, well, what if this happens? If I haven't experienced it or if I have experienced it and it's just like, well, what if that does happen? What are you going to do? Are you going to go crawl? Yeah. Are you going to go crawl into a ball in the corner of the room? Like, no, you're going to step up. You're going to figure it out because you're a person of integrity or a person who cares about others and you're going to actually do the thing. So if I hear something from a neighbor or something from a guest that is completely detrimental, might be that biggest fear that I've had in the back of my mind, like someone getting shot on a property, like, you know, we're just going to deal with it. We're going to figure it out. And those are the You're risks right. that we take by starting a business. If you aren't really willing to take those risks, then you should just have a W2, let the owner of that business take all the risk. And you can just have the nice, comfortable job, which there's nothing wrong with that. It just, that's the difference in owning a business versus being a W2 employee. I love that. You couldn't have said it better. It really is. I mean, it's, are you ready for this or not, right? It really just comes down to it. I got a quick horror story for you. Okay. Um, yeah, because, you know, we did exactly the same thing in the beginning. We were letting any Tom, Dick and Harry, uh, you know, rent from us. And unfortunately, we have a fourplex in North Park, San Diego, California, that we did the birth strategy, have no money into it, but we rent all out on Airbnb. And, and this one couple said they wanted to do like a staycation from San Diego, wanted to do a staycation. We don't do staycations anymore. If you're living it in locally here, yep. we don't want you to, yeah, because it turned into a party and they put it on social media and throughout the whole night in this small two bedroom, one bath, I mean, it's about 750 square feet home, like small, you know, each unit. And throughout the whole night, they had about 250 people showing up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They let off fireworks in the middle of the street when I was pushing them all out. The cops weren't showing up. We had six neighbors come out. They were mad at us to say the least. They all called the cops, but... But you know what are you going to do? We apologize. We went around sincerely. We you know tried making it right. Yeah. We filed the complaints with Airbnb. What are you going to do? You're really just going to start screening properly, put procedures in place, yeah. and we deny a lot more people now than we even accept. Truthfully. Yeah. And there's that balance too, right? Because if you start denying too many people, then you're going to yeah. fall out of favor with the algorithm of Airbnb. So I think the important thing there that I heard though is you learned that hey locals doing a staycation 
not a good reason. Yeah. Now, a local who says, hey, my house just flooded and we need to relocate for a week or two. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, ta- with taking someone like that. They need a little yes. bit of help. You know, I think that's the important thing, though, is like, here's the check marks of what we accept. Here's the check marks of what we don't accept. And we don't make any exceptions on that. And that's the difference. Do we still have parties today with 65 properties? Yeah, we still do. But we might have one per month with 65 properties not per property, just one overall mm-hmm. in those 65 properties versus in year one, we had five or six properties and we were having like one every weekend. Like we just didn't know what we were doing. And so that's the biggest difference is just how do we now start to identify what are the red flags, what are the green flags and what's in between and how do we take them from being a, in between to either green or red and making those good. decisions. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. So talk to me when it comes down to the systems and processes and really just staying organized. I know there's apps out there that many of us are using and different just technology that can really set yourself up for success in the long run. What, what kind of manpower or technology are you using to just better the business? Yeah. So what I'm using might be different than what someone needs to use in the beginning. So you know, once you kind of get into it and you've got a few properties and and especially if you're using all three models here of owning arbitrage and co-hosting, you're going to want to have something that is friendly for all those types of clients. You being the client yourself, then the arbitrage client, and then the co-hosting client. So, and we're actually transitioning into a new channel manager. Not sure which one we're going to go with yet. So I don't want to say that quite yet, but the idea of a channel manager is that it's going to automate the majority of your messaging. It's going to be able to allow you to assign tasks to people. So picture it this way. Someone books a property and your cleaner who's assigned that property automatically gets a text saying, Hey, you just got assigned to this property for this date at this time, please respond to confirm that you'll be there. And so it's that kind of stuff that allows you to not have to manually schedule and check in with the cleaners. And also, hey, every time a guest messages me, now I got to manually respond. No, I can automate about 90% of the back end of this business with even just something as simple as a channel manager. So there's some elite ones that are going to be a little bit more advanced. And then there's, to me, the the most effective, if you're just starting, is hospitable. Used to be called Smart b and now Hospitable allows you to not only automate the known things that you know are going to come up, but also how about when you know the, the heater stops working, the HVACs are, stops working. Maybe there's a little quirk with that thing and you know that's going to happen every once in a while. So you can actually create a little creative code that says, hey, if we see the word heater or air conditioning, we're going to send an auto message in regards to that. Hey, we see you're inquiring about this. And here might be the issue and yada, yada. If this isn't the issue, wait until we get back to our phone and we'll go ahead and respond to you. So this allows you to have freedom, right? Because now I don't have to go to dinner with my wife and be checking my phone under the table, wondering if there's any emergencies <laughs> or if someone's trying to book, you yeah. know? So that's, that's the first one is hospitable. Second one would be price labs. I'm a huge, huge believer in price labs. I've tried a few of the other ones. I think they're the best. It's dynamic pricing. Dynamic pricing, if you've ever you know, gone to book a hotel or a flight, if you notice you try to book it on a Monday and then two days later, it's a different price on a Wednesday. Or if you try to book an actual date on a Monday versus a Saturday, they're two completely different prices. Why is that? Supply and demand. That's what dynamic pricing is. So what they're going to do is it's an algorithm that's going to say, okay, because this property has 
similar properties in the area that are already 50% booked on this date, we're going to jack up your price. Yeah. Or, hey, properties like this in the area are only 5% booked on this date. So we're going to lower the price to try to encourage people to book with you. So it's increasing your occupancy and rates and decreasing all the time that you have to do to put in the, the knowledge of like trying to figure that out. Yeah. You can also put like caps on it so that you're not you know, taking a loss or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. You can set minimums, you can set yep. maximums and, and you can customize it any way you want, which is really nice. The good thing too, is if you don't want to customize and you have no idea what you're doing, just set the recommended base price like they recommend and then yep. let it do its thing. And then you can kind of learn from there. But there's going to be this time in the business and it happened for me probably right around property number five or six, where I was like, well, you know, it's nice to have these automations, but I do need a little bit of a human touch behind some of this stuff too. And I don't want to be that person. I want to be the one to go and do the money-making activities. I want yeah. to go get more properties. I want to go find more landlords. And so bringing in someone like that to kind of replace yourself is going to be key. And I believe virtual assistants are a great place to start off because they're going to take over a lot of that back-end work. But also you can groom someone like a cleaner to eventually become that person to kind of take over those in-person systems or those quality control things at the properties so that you don't have to be that person to go do it. Yeah, that's so good. Now, in my personal opinion, I feel like having the right cleaning crew is like one of the small, not small, but like it, it's a very important secret ingredient really of the yeah. whole, just everything of it, the whole system. How do you manage your cleaners and do you have an inspector kind of go through afterwards we have our assistant nine times out of ten follow up behind the cleaner just to verify things were done you know and there's accountability yeah and again keep in mind 65 properties someone yeah, might, be listening, <laughs> might be zero or one yeah. but we have a cleaning manager who schedules and will send you know we'll do all the accountability with our cleaners we'll do the bonuses We'll do the quality control and the checks and balances with our cleaners. Um, and then we have a quality control manager who will go in after a cleaning, not every single time, because we have as many as 20 turnovers in a day. But typically what this quality control manager will do is they'll go in about once every, call it four or six, at worst, eight weeks to each property and just- Random pop up. Yeah, just okay. A, does the clean look good? Is this person doing a good job? If not, we got to kind of bring them back in. We got to say, okay, why was this missed? Maybe we got to retrain them. And they're able to kind of have that beat on the cleaners as well. But then, you know, hey, is, is there light bulbs out? Is the AC making a funny noise? Do we need to sure. bring the, you know, a vendor out to check on that? These little things that if you're not doing that, what I found end up destroying your reviews, even if the place is immaculate clean. You know, things like weeds popping up in the front of the house. What do guests think? They think this house isn't taken care of. So immediately, I don't think it's valuable. I don't like the location. I don't think the cleaning was done well, all because they saw weeds in the front of the yard. So we got to have those quality control things going on to make sure that the guests are getting a great first impression. Yeah, that's really good. Any other softwares that you use or, or finding your VAs to be able to do these tasks? Yeah. So in regards to automation, a turnover BNB is a good one, especially in the beginning, because it can help you to find cleaners and it can also help you to automate the process of paying your cleaners. But I really like AirDNA if you're going to first get started off. If you have zero properties or heck, even at 50, like I'm still using AirDNA, it's the MLS of Airbnb. 
it just like as if you were going to do an ARV on a property that you're going to flip or wholesale or burr, you're going to do an ARV, which is not really after repair. I haven't thought of a creative name for that yet, but you know, the, the, <laughs> you're trying to find the average daily rate. The yeah. ADR is what we call it in the short-term rentals industry. The average daily rate of what that property is going to produce. And so AirDNA, what it's going to do is it's going to show you here is all the properties in your area. You can filter it down to be as similar of a property as yours as you like. Mm-hmm. And it'll show you, here's all the properties. How have they produced in the last year? The free version will give you a little bit of data. The paid version will give you all the data that you need. And it's going to show you what is the potential of what you can make at that property. And so I think that doing a... ARV on an Airbnb is way tougher than doing an ARV on a flip. And so that's something that needs to be mastered right out of the gate. And if you can do that well, and we teach that in a very systematic way, if you can systematically turn that into a formula, so it takes all the emotion out of it, then you're able to make really smart decisions. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So what are the goals for you that you have this year with with Airbnb in general? That's a great question. Honestly, right now where we're at in our business, we grew so fast. I'm I'm slowing down to refine a few things right now to make sure all of our employees and our vendors are taken care of, that they're cared for, that they're feeling like, hey, I'm I'm able to do my job effectively without having to bang my head up against the wall. So that's one of our main focuses. But outside of that, it's to help as many people as I can. I haven't put a number on it, but yeah, just in this year, I would love to bring on a hundred new students that we help to be able to reach that six figure gross income by the end of the year. And that is very possible. We just had a student come on. This is crazy to me. Like he's one of our most successful students. He's been with us for under 90 days. He signed 17 contracts for arbitrage and co-hosting. In month one, he created a gross six-figure business, a pay on pace gross six-figure business. By month two, he netted over ten thousand dollars in his business, and now month three, he's probably going to be like right around that seventy-ish thousand dollars in one month. And I'm just, I'm like, wow, like this is impact. This is, I mean, and this is a guy who life changing. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even know what arbitrage was when he first started with me before 90 days ago. And so I think what we've got is is an incredible community, an incredible system, an incredible yeah. formula to be able to help people get from zero to six figures in under 12 months. And I like to just help as many people as I can with that. Oh, yeah. I love that, dude. Yeah. That is awesome, man. I'm really excited to watch the journey and just see what this turns into because it's still very new, but at the same time, you're crushing it. You're growing quickly. You're helping out so many people. The impact that you're making within your own groups and just your circle of influence, it's literally game-changing and life-changing for so many people. So I commend you for doing your work and obviously you know, putting your mask on first and then being able to um, help out so many other people. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Do you you have a goal on number wise of how many properties that you would like to scale up to at a certain point after refining? Right now, it's more about owning the properties. Here's what I believe. So I like that. So first of all, we have what's called the force method. So if you're not doing force and honestly, the short-term rentals industry, then to me, you don't really have a business. Mm -hmm. But first of all, F, you want to find. So go out, find the properties, talk to the landlords, close the deals, get them going. O is operate. Learn how to operate that so that you know that you're going to create a five-star experience every time a guest goes in there. 
You've got some of your systems are starting to develop, but it really starts to develop as you repeat that process. That's what the R stands for. So you're repeating, finding, operating, finding, operating, finding, operating until you get to about five, six properties. Now on the S, which force is actually spelled with an S in this case, <laughs> systematize. We need to systematize to remove ourselves from the day-to-day so that find and operate are done by someone else, or at least it's become a lot more passive. So I didn't actually have to hire a salesperson to go find them. I just created a bunch of passive lead flows that my phone rings all the time with leads. So I don't have to go out and cold market. And then E is expand. So as soon as I can systematize everything and I can remove myself from the day-to-day, now I can expand. And so that's exactly what everything we teach is based around. But the reason I share that is because once you get to this certain income level, it's now about, all right, now how do I secure this income? And to me, owning real estate is the best way to do that. So even though I believe in the arbitrage and the co-hosting models, I still own seven doors myself. I want to turn that into owning, you know, by the end of the year, 10 and then 12 and 15. And so my goal and and my wife and I have talked about this, our goal is at least 20 properties in the next about year and a half, two years. So any way that we can do that to be able to create that nest egg and build up the wealth rather than just the cash flow, that's where our focus is at. Oh yeah. I love it, man. Well, Kyle, how can people get a hold of you? I know you got some things in the mix right now, website, course, or education that people can. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not getting on here to to sell my program because honestly, like if you want it bad enough, you're going to find a way to be able to get to it. So, but I would just recommend like figuring out, is this for you? And the best way to do that is to go to my website, fearlesskyle.com. And you'll see on the front page, there is a masterclass, free masterclass called how to get your first Airbnb in the next 30 days without owning the property. That will take you into a masterclass that will teach you exactly what coasting, what arbitrage is, and how to be able to scale that. And it'll give you an invite on you know learning more about our coaching program by the end of that. On top of that, I've got a podcast myself, The Fearless Investor. And so if you take a look at that, our YouTube channel is growing like crazy right now too. Both of them are The Fearless Investor. And uh, we also have the largest Facebook group in the world for Airbnb hosts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Come on, baby. <laughs> it's called Airbnb Masterminds. And that is something that anyone can add themselves to. It's absolutely free and a great place to be able to post your questions for free. I love it. That is awesome. Well, you guys heard it here first from the fearless investor, Kyle Stanley. Very thankful for you being on here. You just gave an hour roughly of your time. Anything that myself or the the audience can do to give back to you? Oh man, Um, just subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast. Always looking for great feedback on what you want for content. So I'm very active on Instagram. If you DM me and say, hey, do a video about this, I'm probably gonna make it. So yeah, (laughs) And, and that on Instagram at Fearless Kyle. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Kyle, appreciate you so much. As always, guys, make sure you hit that subscribe button for Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. You get the newest notification every single Monday. Leave a five-star review afterwards after listening to a few episodes to share this out and and, uh, spread the love. If you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you need any credit repair done for you services, check out creditrepairmobile.com. And if you're looking to really get educated on how the banks and lenders are judging you so you know how to play the game, how to be able to fix credit faster than anyone in the industry, I'm talking bankruptcies or collections, late payments, hard inquiries, and hours up to 10 days. 
And then afterwards, building up several six figures, even seven figures in funding to be able to purchase properties and leverage arbitrage, travel hack, the whole nine e-com stores. Then what you can do is check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. Once again, appreciate you guys tuning in and we will see you on the next episode. God bless. Kyle, appreciate you, man. Stay blessed. Thanks, Brandon. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.